0: Hey, it's Jeremy, and I just want to take a quick minute to thank everybody who's checked this out at sodasoccer.com, S O T A Soccer.com, and who has supported us and contributed to our Patreon at patreon.com/slash soda We're trying to bring the Minnesota soccer community unmatched, unprecedented, dedicated, unique coverage of Minnesota soccer that you're not going to get anywhere else with written pieces, podcasts, and bonus content available to our Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash sodasoccer. So if you haven't sampled our written content yet, Make sure you check that out at SodaSoccer.com. And again, if you want to go that extra mile and directly support what we do, every content creator that's on the Soda Soccer team is paid for their work. So if you want to help support that and contribute to that, just go to Patreon.com slash soccer. You can contribute for as low as $3 a month. Big thanks to everybody who is supporting not only the podcast here, but SodaSoccer.com as well. Now to the episode. What is up and welcome in we are back after the holidays I guess not after the holidays after Thanksgiving we are back it is uh, December 1st as we're recording as you were listening it is December 2nd maybe December 3rd depending on when you're listening either way this is 10,000 pitches a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond my name is Jeremy rushing alongside me as always Dominic Jose Bozonio and Dom how was your couple weeks off for the Thanksgiving break did you get a little bit of a break or did you spend it all working (laughs)
1: Uh, a little bit of a, of a break. Um, I mean, obviously, I got busy with uh, Thanksgiving plans and all that, but mm-hmm. um, and work. but uh, but no, yeah, uh, I had a, had a nice little break uh, to sort of let the stories build up a little bit for us and all that. So um, yeah, looking forward to talking. I've had a great time watching the World Cup. Um, really, really enjoying the World Cup so far um and so that certainly has helped keep it all very uh, fun and entertaining
0: yeah and uh this world cup has not been short of excitement and storylines that's for sure and i'm sure we'll touch on those as we get moving here but uh this is episode 117 of the podcast if you can believe it or not we are presented by sodasoccer.com your home for soccer coverage in the north so check us out if you could as Soccer.com. also subscribe rate and review here you can follow us at SodaSoc on the socials. And if you want to take that next step and support our work, support our written work, support our podcast here, you can uh, go ahead and become a patron. Patreon.com slash soda soccer for as low as $3 a month. But if you hit us up at those 5 or $10 tiers, you do get uh, all the bonus content that we have up there, including our weekly bonus podcast, 10K Stoppage Time, which Dominic and I uh, will record as soon as we're done here. It's available over on Patreon.com. Slash Soda Soccer as you are listening, and uh, we're going to be the forty-fifth podcast to talk about the U.S. Men's National Team on this week's <laughs> episode of Ten K Stoppage Time. So if you really want Dominique's take on uh, you know the the group stage and uh, their chances against the Netherlands and you know ensuing matchups, if they can continue to advance, uh, you can check that out at Ten uh, K Stoppage Time Patreon.com/slash Soda Soccer. We'd be really grateful if you would uh, lend us a couple bucks and, and uh, support the work that we're doing here. But, uh, Dom, I mean, that's one of the beauties. One of the beauties of taking a, a couple weeks off is the stories, the storylines, the talking points. They sort of stack up a little bit. So we do have quite a bit of Minnesota United news to get to uh, since the last time we recorded. If you can believe it or not, we haven't recorded since the expansion draft, Dom. Yeah. And um, everybody's staying. Minnesota United loses no players for the second straight year they come out unscathed in the expansion draft. Um, we thought there might be a couple of loons that St. Louis city could take a hard look at, but they opted not to, uh, select any of the vulnerable Minnesota United players. So, um, and then you also have the guaranteed contracts for 2023 as not only has the expansion draft happened, but you also get kind of the roster decisions that were made. Um, Alan Benitez, Bangakuya Klangwane, Brent Coleman, Dane St. Clair, Devin Padelford, Franco Fragapane. Fred Emmings, Fred Hassani Dotson, Kamara Lawrence, Kervin Ariaga, Luis Samaria, Maria, Michael Boxall, Mender Garcia, and Patrick Wea, all guaranteed for 2023. New contracts for 2023 are three guys who absolutely, of course, you have to have on this roster. You need to get them uh, signed to the new contracts. And they did that. Bakayi Dabasi, Emmanuel Reynoso, and Robin Ludd. And then contract options picked up for next year include Tanya Luasheyeh, DJ Taylor, and of course, we have previously discussed that Will Trap hit the minutes played threshold to automatically trigger the option in his contract. Uh, more news, Eric Dick signs on for an additional year on a contract with the Loons. Um, options were declined on Abu Dhanlati, Ja'Cory Hayes, Nico Hansen, O'Neal Fisher, Nabi Kimanguchi, Justin McMaster, Tyler Miller, Roman Metnair, and Callum Montgomery. I'm going to start right here, Dom of these options that were sort of declined and the guys that are are free agents now who are loons any names on here that surprise you that uh that didn't get picked up
1: yeah um you know i i think for sure a lot of people have different reactions about the uh the process that happened with tyler miller and we'll talk probably about that a little bit more after this but the other two names that kind of jump out to me that i just thought would have a little more time uh in the in this system in this program Were are uh, we're, we're Justin mcmaster and uh uh I, I i didn't foresee especially mcmaster i didn't foresee uh them being let go uh the timing of that kind of plays out interesting i realize that these decisions probably are being made well before they're announced but you have a weird situation where. McMaster makes his international debut and makes scores his first ever international goal. And then about two days later, his club mentions they don't want him anymore. So um, you know, again, I'm sure that decision was made like a week or plus before, but um the timing of that ends up being a little odd, a little awkward. Uh I, I think particularly McMaster probably deserved more time on the team. He seemed really promising. Uh, clearly promising enough to be trusted by uh, Jamaica against Cameroon, I think he scored against, a team that is in the World yep. Cup right now. Yep. Um, so, you know, uh, w- with him, I'm a little a little taken aback by that one. Uh, I think probably mm-hmm. the bad taste in my mouth from the Aziel Jackson um, transfer probably also makes that feel a little worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yep. otherwise, I do think most of these players were players that we or others in this space kind of foresaw being let go so uh not too many surprises but mcmaster kind of stands out to me as a slightly odd um, choice yeah Mc- mcmaster is the one that stood out
0: to me as well um i think there's a young guy who obviously has has some upside um and uh you know in a team that could use as many potential attackers as as humanly possible it seems um you got to hit the lottery on one of them right if you keep a lot of them around and uh, But they, they have decided to let McMaster go. And that, does, that doesn't mean they can't re-sign him. They can't come to a new contract. But they just didn't pick up his options. So all these guys have the option to test the free agent market in the free agent waters. Um, I would, I mean, if, if you want to go by years past as sort of an indicator of what could happen moving forward, I would probably expect more than one of these guys to sort of re-sign with Minnesota United in some way, shape, or form and be on the loser roster next season. But these are the guys who sort of had their options declined and have that option to um, to go to another team um, if the negotiations work out that way. Of course, one of those guys that we said on that list, Tyler Miller, um, he his option does not get picked up, and he signs for D.C. United. And he's going to be their starting goalkeeper for all intents and purposes next season. Um, good for him, getting a starting spot. He obviously deserves it. He's a, a top I would say a top 10 goalkeeper in this league. Um, So it's good that he's going to get that opportunity to prove himself again. But this also means that Minnesota United have let Tyler Miller go for nothing. He's, you don't get anything in return for him signing with DC United. Um, It's sort of a, a top 10 goalkeeper that was on your roster. Now he is just not on your roster and you were not able to get anything of value really from him aside from him being a good piece on your bench, right? He was the starting goalkeeper heading into the 2021 season, or 2022 season, excuse me, and the 2021 season, actually. Um, Of course, he lost, he got sick, and he lost his starting spot to uh, Dane St. Clair after DSC stood on his head against the Red Bulls. And after that, we didn't really see much of Tyler Miller. And the question was, and the question was last off season. The question was over the course of the season is, can you, I mean, you obviously can, should this team market him, put him out there, make him available to a team that could use a really good starting goalkeeper. Maybe there are some, a couple teams that are a goalkeeper away from being contenders or whatever it is, get something for the guy because he was in the last year of his contract. So if you're not going to get something for him in the middle of the season, theoretically, what happened was always going to happen, that he was going to uh, leave at the end of the season, and you're going to get nothing for him. And that's exactly what happened when there, I think, was ample opportunity, whether it was last offseason or over the course of this season, to trade him, sell him, do something where you get something in return, as opposed to just letting him go. You see this in other sports all the time. You know, that's, that's a lot of, you want to make the baseball comparison. That's a lot of the moves that are made at the trade deadline is teams that have really valuable pieces that are in the last year of their contract. And they think, you know what, this guy's going at the end of the season anyways, why not get something for him now? Get some value for him, whether that was allocation money, whether that was a player in return, international spots thrown in there, whatever you want. So there are, there are plenty of ways in MLS to get value for these players. And whether it was just a team not not willing to pay what Minnesota United wanted, or it was just Minnesota United maybe not doing enough to try to make that trade or that, that sale or whatever happened, that transaction happened. Um, the worst case scenario, I think, played out in this is where he walks... And you don't get anything for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I I I completely agree. It's it's feels like you know, like you mentioned earlier that this is kind of a debate and question that's floated around for really over a year now. And um it feels like the least eventful and least helpful result is the one that happened. Um you know for for so long questions, multiple off seasons, questions about you know how Minnesota United can make the most of having this player that they are not particularly intent on using. Um, and, and and to have nothing come of it is is a bit strange. I mean not not to not to bring up a player that is now not part of this organization anymore twice in the same episode, but like we literally saw weeks ago. Um, minnesota united very ready to sell a very promising young attacker for a little bit of money uh in asio jackson yep. where was where was that willingness to sort of you know find that money or find whatever other mechanisms it is like you said the international spots that kind of stuff find those resources to bring in for, in this case for a player you are not even using um where, where was that intent where was that interest uh it, it, it's a little disappointing to know that he leaves and Minnesota United's coffers are not benefiting in any way whatsoever, other than having I guess not having to pay him anymore. Um yeah. So that's it's it's a it's a strange one. I think um obviously without knowing at all what's gonna happen next year, the the how the season's gonna go and all that kind of stuff, it, it feels like um it feels like a very 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 little light sort of alarm for me just again in sort of a a bizarre sort of management moment for the club um that being said now that this is over now that this drama or whatever you want to call it is over i hope that this paves the way for people like uh fred emmings to potentially get opportunities in the long run as the secondary keeper otherwise obviously eric dick has extended his contract so he will be available for that hopefully the the most is made out of that opportunity um and obviously hopefully Dane st clair is you know healthy to play as as the starting keeper um but yeah it's 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 a it's a weird series of decisions that in the end kind of kind of results in this anticlimactic loss of any particular benefit for the loons uh and a big benefit for dc united you know now they have a very good goalkeeper and they didn't have to spend as much as they might have otherwise had to to get him so um yeah all in all a sort of a strange end chapter to what's been a ever stranger story for the last year or so All right, we'll get back into the episode in
0: just a minute. But first, of course, want to shout out our friends over at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis is where you can find them. They're in the Marcy Holmes neighborhood, kind of right there between Dinkytown and Northeast. Very convenient to get to no matter where you are in the metro. And once you get there, if you enjoy playing soccer, well, they have pickup going on almost every night of the week. So if you want to be in an indoor temperature-controlled environment, play and pick up Ninth street is the place for you also if you're not maybe in soccer but you love soccer you want to be in a soccer environment they have soccer on the tvs all day long when there's soccer on they have a great coffee shop and bar area where you can enjoy uh you know you can get your you can get your espresso fix you can enjoy a great coffee you can enjoy a nice tea if you want or if you're feeling like you maybe you want to have a little you know it's five o'clock somewhere situation going on you can enjoy a few of the brews that they have on tap. Beer from Uta Castle Danger, and so many more. So no matter what you're feeling, no matter what your interest is in regards to soccer... Ninth Street has you covered. If one you're a work-from-home type, you have the flexibility, or maybe you can on, work so. from a, a coffee maybe shop like Ninth Street, it's a great place to go get some work done, watch market, some soccer on the TVs, and just be around to, other people who I mean, love soccer. The bring you the so, value, if that they sounds good to you, check them out. Color color 801 say, okay, South Ninth Street in Minneapolis. Follow them on Twitter or Instagram at Street Mpls. That's N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S. Or, hit them up online, 9 Huge thanks to the guys over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee Let's get back into Dane it. Dane St. Clair is now locked into that number one spot. There's not that safety valve anymore of, of okay, you have two number one goalkeepers. No no disrespect to Eric Dick, but that drop off from number one to number two now on the goalkeeper sheet for Minnesota United is is pretty drastic. Um, and sure. again, that's no disrespect to Eric Dick. Obviously, Fred Emmings, um, you know, you see, you hear stories on the training ground of him doing some really, really impressive things, especially for his age. So maybe, maybe that's something that they're looking forward to the future, but you don't have that safety valve anymore. And you also maybe don't have that, that competition anymore that maybe oh. was helping get the most out of Dane as well. Right. So I mean, there's there, there's a lot of different moving pieces. I'll be very interested to see um, how all of that falls into place in 2023 for Minnesota. But I mean, now there's a lot more pressure for Dane to stay healthy. There's a lot more pressure for him to stay at the level that he's at. There's a lot more pressure for him to to really be uh, a top tier goalkeeper. We saw We saw some Jekyll and Hyde from St. Clair this season. Without Miller there behind him, there's going to be a lot more expectation for that consistency and that, you know, for him to be that top five, top six goalkeeper in the league that we know he's capable of being. So that's going to be a little different dynamic right. for Minnesota United moving forward that we've seen.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, Joseph Rosales. Worth- is- oh, oh, I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Dom. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say that, you know, for what it's worth, it's very well that that change of environment might even result in a positive change. We don't know, but um, no. you know, uh, the changes of pressure between those two situations could certainly be negative, but they they could be very positive too. So, uh, I, I just wanted to throw that out. But uh, yeah. <coughs> All right.
0: One uh, last piece of roster news that broke this week before we recorded. Is Minnesota United has confirmed the signing of Joseph Rosales. He is uh, now officially a uh, a full fledged member of Minnesota United. Um, he has a one year deal with options for two thousand four and twenty excuse me two thousand twenty four and two thousand twenty five. <laughs> uh, the Honduran have been on loan from C A Independiente in Panama's top division since August twenty twenty one, but now he is signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, I mean. It was a good piece of business for him, for them to have him on the roster at all because he was the lowest-paid player on Minnesota United's roster uh, last season when he looked at the books. Now he's signed, sealed, and delivered. I, I think this is a really good move for Minnesota. Joseph Rosales, I think, is a really promising young talent. And to have him now in-house, fully committed to you and your club, um, I'm excited to see what the what these next few years hold for, uh, for Mr. Rosales and uh, kind of his
1: role in that midfield. Yeah, absolutely. I think we I think we talked about this uh, maybe an episode or two ago when we were talking about the expansion draft. But um, Joseph Rosales is a really talented young guy um, who has a lot of time left in his development path before he's you know the finished product. But I think it's very very encouraging for Minnesota United to be um, at the door for that process and and and. Play uh, such a present role in the years that are going to come in his career, at least one year, hopefully more. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a you know this is a guy that is already breaking into the national team. Um, this is a guy who's got you know a, a close compatriot of his already on the team uh, with Ariaga, uh, and and he's shown up well when he's played, uh, very creative, very determined. Uh, still a lot to learn so yeah I mean this is the kind of uh, sort of young projects that I think we all like to see Minnesota United try and take on Um, and at times they haven't done too much of that but I actually think both both Rosales and Arriaga are are good examples of the team risk taking that risk and um, going about those sorts of project players that can really benefit you in the long run both because they can grow into great players and two, because to be perfectly frank, you could potentially move them on for a lot more than you get them. Um, yep. So yeah, I mean, I, I look forward to seeing him on this team. Like you said, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to fit into this midfield, in a more active role this year, or if it will be a, more like last year where he's sort of support, but um, either way, I think the team is, is better for having Joseph Rosales on their roster. Yeah. For a team that relies so much on their, on their central
0: midfield. Having a, having a young piece that has a huge upside, a lot of potential that could potentially, whether it's the shorter or long-term, sort of step in and be a solidified either starter or main option off the bench there. I mean, it's super valuable to have. So um, good piece of business to, to bring him in and, and make him a member of Minnesota United officially. Um, moving down a peg, MNUFC 2 have announced two combines, one on December 15th and 16th, and one January 4th through the 6th to scout talent for next season. All sessions will be held at the NSC in Blaine. So if you are a uh, prospective player and you want to try to get on this MNUFC2 roster next season in MLS Next Pro, you have two chances to do it. Again, December 15th and 16th, and then January 4th through the 6th, both at, at Blaine at the NSC. Uh, registration currently available at MNUFC.com. And um, we'll, we'll tweet the link out for that as well if you want to get involved. College soccer updates. There's been a lot happening on the college soccer scene since the last time we spoke. Basically, the whole NCAA tournament for both the men and the women has come and gone. Um, And the NSIC, both Minnesota schools won their first round games as Minnesota State beat Northwest Missouri. It was 1-1 after 90, 3-1 on PKs was the final. And then uh, Bemidji beat Central Oklahoma 3-0 in the first round. So that meant that it was an all NSIC second round matchup between Bemidji and MSU. It was 2-2 in regulation, and then uh, it was Bemidji getting two goals in overtime for the 4-2 win. Uh, Bemidji then would go on to beat Emporia State in the third round on November 18th, going to the quarterfinals and losing 2-0 to Ferris State. So a really good run at the end of the season. You know, we weren't exactly uh, eulogizing Bemidji at all this year, but we had sort of noticed that they weren't kind of that top-table front-runner you know wire to wire team that we had seen them be in the past but man did they turn it on at the end of the yeah. year winning the nsic tournament and then being the furthest you know the, the team to advance furthest all the way to the quarterfinals in the ncaas just uh, i think a, just another in a long line of really successful seasons for that bemidji program
1: yeah absolutely it's a great um example of of knowing when to peak peaking at the right time yeah uh you know in the regular season but Bemidji just had a worse regular season than, than Minnesota State um, all the all the stats all the point counts uh, point to that but um, but they did very well and well enough of course to get into the tournament and then they they just started to shine they started to basically just blow past every obstacle they had to do it the hard way a couple times a couple uh, PK wins and stuff like that but um, they they sort of refound a sense of uh, motivation focus and uh they end the year with with really all the all the accolades uh in a sort of shocking way which is obviously unfortunate for minnesota state but but both teams had wonderful years so both teams should certainly be very happy with what they were able to accomplish but but yeah for bemidji it's a it's a great example of um you know not not surrendering after things start to not go your way and, and staying focused they stayed focused and uh when they got another chance to sort of rewrite the script for this year they completely and utterly did it uh and and end up having really a a quite strong year one i'm sure that they'll remember pretty well so congratulations to them for that
0: definitely uh and on the d3 side of things uws men lose late heartbreaker against north central go ncc uh three to two the final uh if you weren't listening to our last pot a few weeks back uh north central is my alma mater so i did have some rooting interest in that one and it is the uh, the team from Illinois that gets it done, three to two. Blake Perry put UWS ahead, two to one, in the 86th minute, but two late goals from NCC, uh, the winner coming in the 89th, put them ahead and gave them the win. Uh, Saint Olaf and Gustavus both won their opening two rounds of the NCAA tournament, and then it was Gustavus beating Saint Olaf um, in the third round before losing one nil to the University of Chicago in the NCAA quarterfinals. So not only Bemidji on the women's side making the D2 quarterfinals, but St. Olaf, um, or excuse me, Gustavus, um, advancing all the way to the quarterfinals on the men's side in D3 as well. Um, On the UWS women's side, they lose 7-1 to Loras in a tough end to a great season. And then St. Catherine also lost their first-round game in the NCAA tournament, 2-1 to Washington university St. Louis. And then a uh, final piece of news here on the lower league side, Valora announced the launch of a 17 plus women's side tryouts taking place December 5th at 8:45 PM at the soccer blast Fieldhouse in Burnsville. Um, we retweeted the, uh, the tweet about this that they put out. Um, so the details are on our Twitter. You can check us out at soda S O C for all the info, but again, a 17 plus women's side, a new team, uh, Vlora FC, of course, on the men's side, have done a lot of great things in the UPSL. They're launching a women's team. And if you're uh, 17 years of age or older and you want to get involved and try out for that team again, December 5th, 8.45 p.m., Soccer Blast Fieldhouse in Burnsville. Check us out on Twitter at soda soc for all the details. All right, Dom, top four time. I have done a lot of talking here, so I'm going to let you kick off our top four.
1: Okay. Well, I actually want to real quick, um, on, on the on the d3 note I want to real quick throw in a, a a funny thing that I saw uh, you know so Blake Perry scored in um, UWS's loss um, to uh to north Central and uh, and that ended up being uh his last game because for the for the school for UWS because they lost um, mm-hmm. and for those that don't know, Blake Perry has been scoring countless goals for All year UWS long. for years. now and Duluth, well, for like right if, And the yeah 2022 Duluth. has been the year of goals for blake perry like yes. all he does is well score and goals. he's he's been he's been leading the goals for uws it feels like for 20 years it's only been like three yeah. but for <laughs> for so long and uh when, uh you know obviously his last game some uh, some posts made on social media from various accounts i think joe mooney the head coach there was was the one i saw you know mentioning the how how happy they were to have had the opportunity to coach him and and the replies were about half filled with coaches from other schools applauding Perry's career and then celebrating the fact that they no longer had to play him uh, <laughs> including including i gotta shout him out he's actually he actually helps with Duluth as well funny enough, but Greg Gilmore from Northland College was joking about um not having to he's not coming back right uh about Blake Perry <laughs> so. Uh, I have to shout that out. because, Yes, he 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 proved to be an absolute menace for UWS. and he did very well for for Duluth this year as well. And he did very well for uh, Minneapolis City Two um, in the UPSL the year that they played as Minneapolis City Two. He was on that team. Um, so just just uh, just throwing that out there. Um, my my first top four will be uh, a WPSL connection story out of uh, Rochester United. Um, out of Rochester, Minnesota, obviously in the WPSL, uh, they announced that they've signed on uh, Maria uh, Francis uh, Sorant uh, for their roster next year, which is cool because uh, Sorant, in addition to being an accomplished D two athlete currently, is actually also a member of the Trinidad and Tobago national team, uh, women's national team, um, nice. and she's actually played Olympic qualifying games for them and. CONCACAF U20 championship games for them. Um, wow. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool uh, little combination there. Obviously, you know, some national, some women's national teams, you do actually have um, a pretty uh, a clear presence of college players that play for their national teams. Um, and uh, And so, I mean, I actually, I think I remember in the last World Cup, the last Women's World Cup, I think there were one or two teams that actually brought college players. Um, I want to say maybe Thailand was one of them. That feels like a story I remember hearing. But um, anyway, so just a cool little crossover there uh, and cool to know that we'll be having in Rochester. That we'll
0: We will be get back in into the episode in just a quick minute. But, uh, of course, you've heard us talk about um, Pence Holmes numerous else, times, right. not only here on the 10,000 Pitches podcast, but also on the Post postgame show during the Minnesota United season as well. And the reason why – We are so grateful for Pence Homes support. Is it so rare to find a local business like Pence Homes who is so committed to helping support? The local Minnesota soccer community. And that's what Nate Pence and his team have really shown, um, especially over these last few years. You know, they're sponsoring Minneapolis City Soccer Club, they're sponsoring Minnesota Aurora FC. Um, Nate Pence is huge into supporting Minnesota United as well, among other local soccer organizations and entities, Soda Soccer included, and 10,000 pitches included. So, If you want to look at a business that's supporting the local soccer community but can also do a damn good job of helping you buy a new home, sell your current home, or do both at the same time, look no further than Nate Pence and the team at Pence Homes. P-E-N-T-Z Homes.com is the website. Go there right now. If you're in or around Minneapolis and St. Paul and you are kind of in that process of thinking about selling your home or buying a new home or doing both, which is super stressful, um, I highly recommend you go to PenceHomes.com and just check out their reviews. Don't take it from me. Take it from the... Hundreds and hundreds of people who have done business with Nate Pence and his team. It's probably thousands of people at this point. But the hundreds of reviews that they have over at pencehomes.com from people who have actually worked with Nate and worked with the team and have had such a great experience. You can have that experience as well. homes.com, Or if I have sold you here, just email Nate directly. Nate, N-A-T-E, at PenceHomes.com. Huge thanks again to Pence Homes for supporting Soda Soccer and the Ten Thousand Pitches podcast. Let's get back into the show. As if this conference wasn't already competitive enough,
1: <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, now you got Rochester
0: point. just continuing to bolster their roster. I mean, it is it is such like the WPSL is so like intriguing to me because it is literally a sprint, like just like when you think mm. the season has started. It's about to end. It's like eight or nine games long, and all these teams are good, and so it's literally like it's like seven or eight of the world's best sprinters in a hundred meter dash. That's what it feels like in the WPSL every single season. It's just a straight sprint to the finish. And obviously, uh, Rochester doing a great job, uh, continuing to bolster their roster, and um, you know, uh, Saran should be a, a huge, huge addition to their team. Um, my first uh, top four is is more of a shout out. And that's to Loon's beat writer, Andy Greater from the Pioneer Press. He has been leading the charge on the Loon's beat, uh, you know, for a long, long time, but specifically over the last handful of years. Um, he has been nominated for Minnesota Sports Writer of the Year by the National Sports Media Association. Um, and I think very, 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 very well-deserved. Uh, the work Andy does not only on the Loons beat, but for Gopher football as well. I mean, it seems like the guy doesn't have a single day off. Um, and the work that he brings to the Minnesota United coverage, I mean, is something that you know there's there's a bit of there's a bit of a gap in that coverage, and it's something we're trying to help fill at Soda Soccer. But I think we would be foolish and blind to not recognize that Andy is really the one setting the standard for the Pioneer Press right now. Um, He does an excellent job bringing really fair coverage of the team, criticizes them when they need to be criticized, uh, applauds them when they need to be applauded. Um, He's there every day at training in Blaine, um, you know, covering this team and bringing information and asking questions. So um, cannot, cannot, I mean, if I had a vote, Andy would get my vote for sure. I don't have a vote. I'm not a part of the national sports media association, but I just think uh, he deserves such a shout out and he deserves this recognition. He's such a, a really good guy. He's always willing to help push our work when he thinks it it needs to be done as well. Uh, There's no like quote unquote competition between us. You know, he's, he's just such a great ambassador for the, the coverage that this team should be getting across the board from every, every media outlet. He sets the
1: standard and um, well-deserved recognition for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Andy's great. And like you said, he's been, uh, you know, supportive of what, uh, what we're doing here. And he's, I, I think has a reputation for being, you know, positive supportive, really towards the, uh, the entire Minnesota United uh, writing community uh, does great stuff with them. As you mentioned, you know, the relationship that professional soccer in Minnesota has with the major papers in Minnesota is a developing one. And I think that, uh, his, his direct focused coverage for obviously, you know, one of the two biggest papers in, in the state, um, certainly in the Metro, uh, is, is a huge, huge help to that cause. So, so, um, yeah, absolutely wish him the best of luck with, uh, with the voting. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, my uh, my second top four is sort of a. I actually saw this right before we started to record. Um, is a sort of a funny interaction out of the World Cup. Um, so tomorrow, as we record, uh, that being Friday, the day this episode is released, uh, Uruguay and Ghana are going to be playing each other uh, in a group game, last group game uh and uh for those that hopefully many remember but for those that don't remember in 2010 these two countries played i think it was in a quarterfinal um, yeah because
0: the usa the, would have
1: played uruguay if they had made it past ghana Hmm. uh they played in a uh, in a knockout game at least anyways uh in the 2010 world cup and uh luis suarez it was late in the game um i, I if I remember right, Uruguay was winning by, like, a goal, and Luis Suarez, right at the dead of time, handballed. He basically saved, he basically did a goalkeeper save on a Ghana shot on the yep. goal line, uh, but obviously he's not a goalie, so it was a, it was a red card, it was a handball. He was red carded, he leaves the field, he's watching the game from the tunnel, and then Ghana ends up, um, I actually, if I remember right, they actually missed the penalty. It was not saved, it actually was missed. Yep. Um and, uh, and Uruguay end up winning the game and they end up uh, making it, I think they made it all the way to the semifinals that World Cup. Um, and so anyways, he was, you know, that means that there's a lot of tension in that game. Leading up to the, this game, he was asked at a press conference whether or not he was felt guilt looking back at that moment. <laughs> and Luis Suarez's result, or response, rather, excuse me, was, this is according to, I think Sky Sports was the one I saw reporting this was, it's not my fault, I didn't miss the penalty. <laughs> Oh, my God. I I love it. I love it. I thought that was their greatest um, chaos stirring response to that question possible.
0: Well, if you look back on that, too, I know it was 12 years ago at this point, but I do believe that if he doesn't do that, Ghana scores. Like, I think it's literally he had to do that to save the ball from going in the back of the net and save the lead for Uruguay. And so, yeah. and then Ghana follows it up by missing, missing the PK. But I, I love that response. Hey, it's not my fault. I didn't miss the PK. Ask the guy who missed the PK. <laughs> I don't know if he's still here, but if he's not, if, if he is go ask him. Uh, that's great. That's great. I love Luis Suarez. Um, But yeah, interesting matchup. The two teams that have a, uh, have a lot of history together. And um, yeah. that, that, that's sh- that should be a good one. I mean, a lot of good, this is the part where, it really starts to get intriguing and interesting in the world cup, kind of the final group match days where the matches are happening at the same time. So no team can be like, Oh, it's actually more advantageous to me if I lose or a, hey, or, you know, Hey, I, I need this many goals in order to get that. Like I love that they play them at the yeah. same time. So there's really no like competitive advantage to be gained by scoreboard watching. Um, But um, yeah, I, I'm and that this is just kind of one of those storylines that, that makes it super intriguing. But um, anyways, uh, my final top four, um, and this feels like news that was released a long time ago, but it's been since we last recorded. So I'll mention it here. Uh, MLS has finally released details on their MLS season pass on Apple TV. And of course, we know that the this, you know, really lucrative deal was struck between MLS and Apple TV to be kind of the exclusive um, home for MLS games starting next season. Um, and Apple had mentioned that it would be some sort of like subscription service to get all the games. And now we know what that is. So it's MLS season pass on Apple TV, uh, $14.99 a month or $99 for the season for non-Apple TV Plus subscribers. So if you already have Apple TV Plus, you're actually going to get a bit of a discount on this. Uh, if you are a TV Plus subscriber, twelve ninety nine dollars a month or $79 for the season. And it launches February first. Now, I'm. I, I want to know your thoughts on this, Don, because you know when you look in comparison to other subscription services, this seems a little expensive. But when you look in comparison to just other leagues in general, this is very, very cheap compared to um, MLBs, compared to NFLs, especially compared to NFLs, uh, and compared to the NBA's, NHL. You know, this is this is on the on the lower end. But there's also this other, I guess not elephant in the room, but there's this other aspect of, okay, I already have Apple TV plus, which is $4.99 a month. They've already, I'm going to get more than half the games just by having Apple Mm. TV plus. Do I really need this other $12.99 a month? But going back over to the other side, I'm going to hopping on both sides of the fence here. Um, I think Minnesota United fans will take this and run with it every single day of the week just because of how rough the Bally experience has been <laughs> over the last few seasons. They could make this 29.99 a month and I think uh Minnesota United fans would jump would jump at the chance to uh to to get at this Apple TV deal. So, um all in all I'm pretty happy with it. I'm obviously going to subscribe to it as well and write it off as a business expense. Um, but, uh, (laughs) Dama, just kind of your thoughts on these, on these details.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, the Bally experience has to be like the name of a book. We write one day about the history of broadcasting of Minnesota United. Um, (laughs) but, uh, in terms of the subscription chart, yeah. I mean, look, it's, it doesn't look as great compared to some of, um, the past options or options that exist for other leagues. Um, in soccer, as you mentioned in other American sports, similar setups can cost well beyond twelve ninety nine a month so in that sense it 's maybe not that extreme um yeah it 's a tough one uh i I do think that I do think one thing that is nice, as you pointed out, is that there 's a way to kind of do a half measure here and still watch a considerable amount of games um on apple tv without paying that 12.99 or 14.99 so um that that's that's a nice middle ground that will exist that's good and obviously of course they'll they'll be the games that make um national broadcast um but uh yeah i don't know i it's interesting i remember when, when the debates about this apple tv deal first came up there was a lot of talk about how like how apple tv was was essentially like free and like, like there was a lot of talk about like the lack of money around Apple TV. Uh, obviously, that's not quite how this works, because it is still going to be a subscription for the, the the league. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't think it's a terrible amount of money. I do realize that for some people it might be too much uh, to manage with other subscriptions that they have. Uh, hopefully, enough people are able to find that happy medium between. Uh, the base Apple TV account or these other options um, to sort of, you know, find their happy, happy place. But yeah, I mean, this, there was always going to be some growing pains moving from one broadcaster to the other. We need hard knocks for
0: MLS. (laughs) That's what we (laughs) need with this. Honestly, I'm not even, I'm like half joking, but I'm also like very serious. Like like formula one has proven it out with drive to survive. Um, millions of people watch both the preseason and in season hard knocks, uh, for NFL, you know, there's something to be said about like storytelling and getting people invested, uh, through storytelling and through kind of, a uh, a behind the scenes look, if you will. Um, I would love to see like MLS hard knocks, Vancouver white caps, and just get a behind the scenes look on Vanny (laughs) Sartini's day. Like, I think that would be awesome. So give me that. Give me that, Apple. If you give me that, I'll 100%, 100% say it's uh, it's worth it for this MLS season pass. Uh, but anyways, I hope you have uh, felt that this podcast was worth your time after a few weeks off. We appreciate all the listenership, all of the support. We appreciate all of our sponsors, Pence Homes, Night Street Soccer and Coffee, Stimulus Athletic. Go check them out as well on our partners tab at sodasoccer.com. Make sure you're checking us out at sodasoccer.com too. Not a ton of content being pushed out uh, since the loon season ended, but we still got a lot of good stuff. Uh, Matthew Johnson has done a three part series now on places. You can watch the world cup in the twin cities. And as we head to the knockout stage and with the U S men's national team still in the race. Um, If you want to go watch the game on Saturday morning, check out all three of those articles to kind of get a complete list on where you can do so. Um, We personally, are going to be at 9th Street Soccer and Coffee Saturday morning. So if you're listening to this before Saturday morning, we are going to be there for the 9 a.m. kickoff. It's U.S., it's Netherlands, it's the round of 16. It's going to be a lot of pressure. I'm probably not going to be talking very much, to be honest. I'm going to be so damn nervous. But, um, yeah, come and join us if you want to. 9th Street's a great place to watch the games. It's also the uh, American Outlaws uh, Minneapolis watch party so um, a lot of great support there for the team and should be a great environment, a great atmosphere. So again, that's 9am central time over at night street, soccer and coffee for USA Netherlands. But if you want to you know, head somewhere else, you can check a list of all the places you can watch the game over at sodasoccer.com. Dom, any parting words for the people before we get out of here?
1: Uh, well, I, I guess uh, in addition to, to, to backpacking on, on, uh, thanks to all our sponsors and, and shouting out Matthew's new articles. I'll just say that uh, if if you're not watching anyone out there, if you're not watching the World Cup uh, yet, if if you've heard, you know, obviously there was a lot of uh, negative uh, stories, uh, uh, certainly some of them warranted uh, out leading up to this World Cup. If you just, if you just haven't been watching, uh, you should be watching this World Cup. No. It is, it is it's extremely entertaining. It is extremely interesting. The amount of upsets, the amount of dark horse runs that are still going on, the amount of bizarre moments have have been really fantastic. This has been, uh, for, for all the things that have happened um, off the pitch, on the pitch, this has been a really, really, really entertaining, interesting World Cup. So uh, I, I do really suggest, even if it's just, you know, maybe you just want to watch the U.S. games, but... Um, I really do suggest checking out some, some games if you haven't already. This, this World Cup has proven to be about as entertaining as any of the other ones I've ever watched. Um, mm. So I, just, I, I, I do want to throw out there um, a reminder that, that this has actually been a really entertaining tournament. Uh, so I hope people are watching
0: and now's a good time to get in on it as we head to the knockout rounds because it's it's one and done. It's kind of the, you know, the yeah. middle part of the group stage. I will I will sort of admit if you are just a casual or somebody who is, you know, not super into getting into the World Cup every 4 years. The middle of the group stage can can be a little bit some of the matches are meaningless, some of them not so much, you know, but once you get to kind of that final day of the group stage or obviously into the knockout rounds as well. That pressure and that tension mounts big time, and that's 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 a good time to, to get back into it. So I uh, I completely uh, agree with you, Dom. And um, if you want to know our thoughts on the U.S. men's national teams uh, advancing from the group stage, and now uh, advancing into the knockout rounds to play Netherlands on Saturday morning, that is this week's episode of 10K Stoppage Time. Just kind of our our take on what we've seen from the U.S. so far. Obviously, we'll touch on Canada and Mexico as well, not advancing past the group stage. Um, but, uh, it is, uh, it is the U S living to fight another day. And, uh, we'll kind of go over kind of our, our favorite players from the group stage and kind of our favorite moments from the group stage, kind of how impressive or unimpressive that we think this team has been in their run so far. That is all on patreon.com soda soccer. So as soon as you're done listening here, check us out on Patreon, those five or $10 tiers will get you this, uh, this bonus content. So make sure you're checking us out and supporting us. Uh, If not, that's cool too. We appreciate you listening to 10,000 Pitches and we'll be back for another episode next Friday. See ya.